you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. Next Sunday, man, is Easter, and uh, we're pretty excited about being able to celebrate Jesus' resurrection together. That is... um, that's the Super Bowl of our faith, you know, and uh, there's probably not a cooler day of the year um, than, than for us to come together that day and remember all the things that Christ has done um, through his resurrection. And, you know, it's weird. I think I fall into, like, this trap as a believer where I, um, it's easier for me to um, recognize the significance of the cross and of Calvary and uh, the stripes that he bore on his back and the pain and suffering uh, but it's the resurrection that changed everything. It's it's the fact that there's only one guy that rose again. You know, there's a, he's the only guy who came back. You know, and uh, and it's because of his resurrection that he broke the power, the death, the power of death over our life, and the power of sin over our life. And he uh, won our hearts, and he is still washing and released the Holy Spirit because of the power of his resurrection. And so uh, Sunday, man, is going to be just a wonderful day. But it starts today. And so what we've done is uh, we've made available to you guys, as we do every year, uh, a devotion. And this is one that we actually did last year. We're pretty excited about it. And it was written right here in our church by two beautiful believers, uh, Dean and Joy Marshall. The Marshalls are a family. It's so strange still for me to say that. Anyways, um, and so they wrote a devotion that you can access from the app. And uh, if you download the app, you'll see a notification every day just click that notification. The first notification was actually already sent out today. So if you're not getting notifications, it's because you turned them off. So go to your settings, click on the app, <laughs> turn that on. And so we want to send you a reminder every morning. That, But this week is critical. I don't care what else you got going on. You're going to hear really the point of this message today is um, spend time with Jesus. And... Um, So we are trying to do everything we can to help you succeed in that. Your devotional time this week is so important for you to be reminded again of Christ's love for you, of why he came to the cross, of why he went, for you to hear the prayers that he prayed this week, the teachings that he taught. This is a week for you to study the word. John, everything in the book of John was pretty much written in the last week of Jesus's life. But starting uh, John chapter 12, man, powerful teachings that Jesus, these are all his last words. And the last words of anyone right before they, they die are meaningful. But the last words of, of our God, of our creator, of our Savior and our Lord are, are so important. And so tune in this week as you'll hear the love that your Savior has for you in his pursuit to wash us, cleanse us, redeem us, and bring us back to himself. And so, man, I beg you this week, cancel everything. Put Jesus first in your devotions this week. Amen. Yeah, pastor, I'm doing it. All right. Hey, guys, you guys are the best. No, but you are the best, and we do want to thank you for so many things. I love the fact that we are a community church. Uh, when we talk as a staff about some of the, the things that are our strengths, it's important for any organization to know 
um, what their strengths are. And us as an organization, uh, we are a church, uh, and so we are a living body. And it's important to know the strength of our church is our community. And it's awesome to see how active you guys have been um, together, raising uh, funds for the building fund, you know, you guys coming together to do Serve Lakeland. I mean, just over the last like 10 days, we've had something going on every night. And, and it's really just beautiful to see the way our church comes together. I love you guys, and I'm so proud. I'm so thankful for you. Um, that being said, right now, this week, it's important for us to stop all the other stuff and focus on Jesus because he is worthy is your name. <laughs> wasn't planning on singing that. It's just, it's going to be in my head all day. That. Except it, what's funny is like um, when, and when I hear it in my head, it's in the Rachel's voice, you know, what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's someone else's voice in there. All right. I got to get to the sermon. Today is Palm Sunday, and so um, a lot of crazy things happened here today that I kind of want to lean in on and show you kind of what happened and what, what went wrong and what, what changed this week um, in the heart of God. And so if you all would, would you mind standing to your feet today as we read God's Word? We're going to read Mark chapter 11 and just about the whole chapter Uh, I'm reading today in the New Living Translation, which is uh, one of my favorite translations to read from. And the scripture would read this. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns Bethsage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. And Jesus sent two of them ahead. Go into the village over there, he told them. And as soon as you enter it, you'll see a young donkey tied uh, there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you what you're doing, just say the Lord has need of it and he'll return it soon. So the two disciples left. They found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. And as they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying the colt? And they said Jesus had told them what to say. And so they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and they threw their garments over it. And he sat on it. We can just do a sermon right there, just so you know. We may. We may hear just a minute. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and the others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God. Praises on the one who, uh, who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming King Kingdom of our ancestor David, praise God in the highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and he went into the temple after looking around carefully at everything he, uh, that he left because it was too late in the afternoon. And then he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. Let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. At this point... In Jerusalem, uh, emotions are high this morning as there is a buzz. They're hearing words. Jesus has spent time here doing ministry. He's healed many. They've seen his miracles, leprosy, demons cast out, 
all kinds of wonderful um, uh, miracles that he's done from, from the, the lame walking. And the news has spread. They've heard his teachings. They've seen him multiply the food and all the things. I mean, the, 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 on, in the little villages are outside of the city. People are talking about this guy. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. And this is the day where he allows them really to celebrate who he is. And the city is in an up. They're just in a frenzy. They're excited. I don't. It's kind of like a drop of blood and water and piranhas kind of going crazy. There is an enthusiasm because Israel wants freedom. They want deliverance. They want a king. They want. They they they, they want to celebrate. And I think we as people we want to celebrate someone. I see it in in atheists and unbelievers as as their desire to celebrate a football team or to have icons in their life, people, uh, they're, they're, they're fans of someone. And so this day, they are largely connected to Jesus as they've heard of his great fame, and some have even experienced it firsthand. People are excited. As it starts off, I love the, the fact that Jesus told these two disciples to go in there and find a cult that no one has ever sat upon. That's precious, man. And they just walk in there and they're just untying a donkey. And I think about this situation like, hey, just walk down to the BMW store and just get in. Don't worry. If they ask you what's going on, just say, hey, man, Jesus wants the ride. Don't worry. And they all, I get it. It's because of the fame that spread. They've heard about him also, and they, they want to be a, everyone wants to be a part of the situation, which is why it's so beautiful that people are taking their shirts off and laying their branches, laying these palm branches on the ground, because they recognize him as worthy is the lamb that is going to be. They, they, they don't know him as the lamb yet, but they know that he's worthy. And I want you to, I was thinking about this, leaning into this thought. This isn't something that's like culturally embraced. People taking off their shirts and laying it on the ground. It's not something that they did. Like They didn't have famous people walking around. And normally, the only famous people that would have received this kind of uh, uh, procession, if you would, would be like a Roman. But they didn't like the Romans. And so they're not going to take their clothes off their back just for anyone. They're not going to cut down branches just for anyone. They were excited about the coming of their Messiah, the one that they've heard about in Sunday school since they were a kid. Their whole school, all of their education evolved around this one that we've heard great things about. They were excited. And he comes and they sing their songs. Emotions are high. Verse 11, so Jesus came to Jerusalem and he went into the temple. And after looking around carefully at everything, he left. It was late in the afternoon. Jesus just goes into the temple after he gets off the cult. And all the songs are over and he just goes in and kind of looks around. What's happening? What's happening? And I wonder what does it take to go from emotions this high that people would literally take their clothes off and lay them on the ground to four days later, these same people would chant, crucify him. What went wrong? I think largely is there's a disconnect that happens in the hearts of God's people 
There's a misunderstanding even amongst church folks, even amongst pastors, even amongst elders. It doesn't matter how close you are. We can have misunderstandings and misinterpret because our heart gets fixed on things that we want. And sometimes it's really difficult to understand when the Lord wants something completely different. The people of Israel had grown accustomed to things being a certain way. Their religion is a certain way. Some of you attend church every week here, and you've got your seat that you sit in. And it's weird when someone comes, and they're in your spot. Like, that's where, I, that's where the glory of God is. When I'm, and now you've got to sit somewhere else, and it's like the anointing just it's broken here for some reason. I don't know what's going on. And, and this, this really happens in some, in some church. I heard a story about a pastor once that uh, someone was attending their church and uh, there was a visitor in their seat when they got there and they made a fit about it. And so the next week, the pastor had removed that seat from the sanctuary and had it sitting on the stage and let them know that we don't have seats in our church. It's always for new people. And I was like, oh, that's cool, man. But I, I know that some things happen inside us I'm being silly when our hearts get fixed on things the way that we want them. And so it was just 300 years ago that the, the temple was rebuilt. It's only been new there for a few years where people were sacrificing to make sure that God had a house. And they wanted to make sure that it was done so beautiful that people from all over the world, when they came to Jerusalem, they would come to the house. And so it became prime real estate for all the people, not just for those that were religious, but everyone that came that were unbeliever as they came to the house of God, they would had to make sure that you got the best clothes. That's where all the trade went down. That's where people would would buy and sell and give. And when you're going to the house of God, don't forget on your way in, you want to eat? Don't forget, do you want this? And it got to the point where it was so crazy that there is cattle walking around in the house of God. I don't know if you can fix your eyes on the craziness of it, but when I think of crazy, I think of like Disney. And they believe that they've got it organized, but it's just so uncomfortable, all the people and all the things. But can you imagine, like, add, like, all those people and then add cattle walking around? Like, this is what became of the people's idea of normal house of God. And this is really what became of the reality of people's lives in relationship with God. We'll fit him in and on our way. And it really became a place of buying and selling. It really became a place of trade. It really became a place of a lot of other things. And so I, I'm going to just take you real quick to verse 15. When Jesus arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and he began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for the sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. And he said to them, The scripture declares that my temple will be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have built it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law heard what Jesus has done, they began planning on how to kill him, but they were afraid because of all the people were so amazed at his teachings. That evening, Jesus and his disciples left the city. 
I don't want to pull any punches. Like, um, what Jesus did in this situation was weird. It was, it was uncomfortable because everyone was so excited about all the stories that they were sharing with one another over and over. Did you hear about the miracle? Did you hear about the, hey, that guy might be coming back next month, next, next week. He's, he's coming today, and like he's the one. He's the guy. So great, and now he's here, and it's not great. Let me just flip the script a little bit and put you in a different seat today rather than just being an attendee and listening to a sermon. Imagine what it would be like if it was your store at the mall and some dude came in and turned over your table and your money and your income went all over the floor. There is panic. There is pandemonium. Jesus created chaos. In fact, he, it was kind of rude, really, what he did. He could have been more polite about it. Maybe he could have had a meeting and asked people, maybe we can stop doing this. But that's not the way he handled it. Jesus was bothered by what was going on in our lives. And I think about in my own life, the highs and lows of my own version of Christianity. Maybe you, in your relationship with the Lord, everything is always smooth sailing and normal. But I have had expectations in my life of what I thought God was going to do. And he did the complete opposite. In fact, Sometimes the expectation was, was flipped over and it was almost rude what God was doing in my life. Like, God, I thought you were going to do this thing. I thought you were going to bet. I thought somehow Israel was going to prosper. Instead, you're driving prosperity away from where everyone should be buying and selling. This don't make sense. Maybe you've had a loved one that died in your life that you thought, Jesus, if you heal them, then everyone will know. Maybe you, had, you lost a job that you really needed or a relationship went sour or maybe there was something in your life where you had an ex. I'm talking about Jesus came and he took up stuff and he threw it. Like, I'm trying to be radical for a second because I think that this version of Jesus is cute. And like, it's not cute. It was rude. But I want you to know that our Savior and God can be as rude as he wants He's the Lord, and we serve him. There's a mentality like, how are these people all upset? Because he wasn't building, he was tearing down. And when Jesus in our life is tearing down, that don't make sense, Lord, because I thought you were building something. But the reality is, is in our lives, in order for him to build something strong, sometimes he's got to dig deeper in the foundations of the things that are out of order. But our version of Christianity don't like that. I just think like if he showed up in our church over turning tables, I don't think I'd like him. Be honest. Is that wrong for me to say? Is that I mean, you know, like maybe I'm just trying to like But I think like in our lives like, like he's not He's not asking you for your opinion on what he knows is best for your life. It's like my children, when they come and try to tell me, Dad, like, why can't I stay up till 11 o'clock? I'm not asking for your opinion about what I know you're going to be like in the morning if I let you do what you want to do. I'm telling you right now, you're done with snacks and you're off to bed. Or I'll whoop you and then you'll go to bed faster. How's that? All right. We don't want, all right, great. And then in the morning, everyone's happy because the reality is, is you don't know what you're going to be like tomorrow if you have your way in your life. 
He's the Lord. So what really caused this in this scene in Mark chapter 11, verse, verse 15, when he comes in and clears the temple. Now, mind you, he came in praising. Everyone's worshiping. Everyone loves him. Emotions are high. God is great. He's wonderful. He's great, man. There's no one like him. We've heard about your fortune, your fame, like you're wonderful. You're the guy. You're our guy. Next day, he clears the temple. What changed? We know he got off the horse and he walked in the temple and he looked around at God's people. The scripture says then he went, he left the city that night because it was late. I want to show you what happened early in the morning. In, in Mark, same chapter, right after Jesus leaves the temple. I'm going to go back to where we were in verse 11. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and he went to the temple. And after looking carefully around at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. And then he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. Are you with me? The next verse says this, says the next morning they were leaving Bethany and Jesus was, what? can you read that with me? He was hungry. Hold on, let me just stop. I want to be close with God in a way that I know what he wants before I know what I want. Not trying to be cute, but like God, how... How do you feel? He was hungry. And um, when I get the impression, this is fresh on the press. I'm actually getting this right now. But it's kind of funny because I, I, think, I think maybe Jesus got a little hankry. I don't know. Maybe he needed a Snickers. But he didn't have a Snickers. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf, in full leaf, a little way off. So he went over there to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. When Jesus said, then Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat of your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. This is what the scene we see before he goes into the temple. And I think what really happened was that fig tree reminded him of what he saw when he got off the colt and went into the temple. He saw no one praying. He saw no one worshiping. He didn't see the temple being about a place of fellowship, of coming together, of loving one another. It was like everything was out of order in the house of God, and he was bothered. And he went home that night, and in the morning, the Lord had an agenda. I'm hungry. And when he looked and saw fruit, when he saw a tree, he was like, you know what? That tree's supposed to have fruit on it, but it doesn't then it's worthless. Let me explain something. Jesus said, you are the salt of the world. If salt loses its flavor, it's worthless. We are supposed to have fruit in our life. The scripture implies in John chapter 15 that he is a vine and we are his branches. And when we abide in Christ, we bear fruit. Fruit in Scripture is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. What is the opposite of joy? What is the opposite of patience? When, when our lives are displaying character that doesn't look like this, things are out of order. Realistically, we're not attached to the vine anymore. 
But we don't see these things. What happens is we get faster. We lose more patience. We lose more joy. We lose more self-control, long-suffering. We're not willing to do these things. We're not willing to spend time with the Lord. If we did, we would know that He is a God of suffering. He knew He was going to the cross. Now, he did it because he loves us. When he came to this tree and he saw there was nothing there that would provide for him, he cut it off. I want you to know John 15 says the same thing. If, if any branch that doesn't bear fruit will be cut off for an eternity. We have a responsibility not to bear fruit. We can't do that. He bears fruit through us. We have a responsibility to abide. What does that mean, Pastor? means we got to stay close to Jesus. Because when Jesus comes to me, I want to make sure that my life has fruit that he can use to reach a world out there. I want to make sure that when he comes to me hungry, he can, he can find nutrition in me. Like God, he's satisfied in my surrender. And I think the people of Israel, in four days, went from extravagant worship to extravagantly, Luke chapter 15, wanting Barabbas. We don't care what you do with that guy, crucify him. We want the guy that can actually change our lives. And I want you to know, the Lord actually could change your life. But what happens so much is that we refuse to give up control of our life. The reality is, is you're the Lord of your life. You just like Jesus. You like Jesus' culture. You like Jesus' worship. You like Jesus on the donkey. You like the palm trees and the community. It's an exciting day on Palm Sunday. He's here. It's great. It's great. It's great. Can he drive out cattle in your house? Can he overturn tables? Can he place his finger on your finances? Can he, can he place his finger on your pride, on your unforgiveness? Can he say, this has to go? Not, not conditional. Stop. Because if not, you got the wrong Jesus. I don't want to pull any punches. You got a misunderstanding of who the guy is riding on the colt. He's the Lord. There's no other. And that's why the people opted out. We'll take the other guy. Does this make sense? So this week, my hope is that all of us return to prayer. Our, our, our hope is that we return to spending time with Jesus. Hear your pastor for a second. I don't care how busy you are. If you're too busy for Jesus, you've missed the point. I'm definitely not your pastor. And I'm not helping you at all. Cancel things. Wake up earlier. Stay up later. Spend time with Jesus. This is Holy Week. There are times where you got to just realize that the Lord wants to say some things. Do you understand why Jesus loves you? Do you understand what he sees in you? Do you understand why he went to the cross for you? Because if you don't understand why he did it for you, you have nothing to say to them out there. The gospel has to first be for me. 
And then when I understand how much he loves me, oh my goodness, I just want to shout it. And so what I think that, like he's teaching us, um, sorry, I'm going to go quickly to Matthew chapter 6. I didn't give it to Miss Pat, and you know, I don't need it. So uh, this is the Lord's Prayer. And I just want to hear you, what does the Lord want then? If he came like, and the fig tree what didn't, wasn't bearing fruit, and like, what does he want? I think he wants you. He said he came to seek and save that which is lost. He came to heal that which were sick. And I think we need to know that we are broken. We are lost. We do need his guidance. And it's in those moments that we understand that he is a bridegroom. He is great. He is extravagant. In the Lord's Prayer, the Lord reveals kind of a tone that's super important. Otherwise, we're going to miss and we're going to misunderstand Palm Sunday and the guy on the donkey. Jesus was trying to teach us that, hey, Lord, uh, may your kingdom come and may your will be done in my life. That's a place of surrender where you're recognizing whatever you want, guy. That's what I want. I don't want my motives to get twisted. I don't want my ideas. He says, give me today my daily bread. Whatever you want today in my life, that's where we're coming from. Hey, Lord, like I'm, as your pastor, I don't want my motives to get twisted. We're, we're talking a lot about this building. Like, God, if you don't want this to happen, then shut the doors right now. Like, whatever you want, God, your, your daily bread, your kingdom come. You can provide. You can write a check, $7 million, right? Great, we're going we're gonna to upgrade that building really good. You, know, you can do whatever you want. It's just money to him. But if you don't want it, and I think what happens is, is our mind gets set on things we want. And it gets really difficult for us to surrender and submit to Jesus. You with me? If you don't, I want you to know it gets messy in the house of God or in your living room or at your house when you won't let go of control. He is the Lord. Palm Sunday. There's a devotion that's happening right now on your app. We're going to send them to you every day this week. And really, the heart of everything that I hope is that nothing else matters this week but that you, you do devotions. You spend time with Jesus. If you don't want to do the, read the devotion, Dean and Joy wrote, it's all right. They're not that good writing anyway. Just kidding. I'm just kidding, Joy. I love you guys. They're watching online. Um, read your word. Find another devotional. Spend time with Jesus. Really, everything right now this week should be in your life about you understanding why Jesus loves you, your redemption, his desire to carry the cross. Man, if you can get that. All right, let me say one last thing. Um, we have uh, connect groups all over the city this week. Be in a connect group. Be in a connect group. Be in a connect group. And then um, this Friday, we are, Ron said it earlier, we are having a Good Friday service. Now, some of you didn't attend last year. If you attended last year, will you just throw your hand up real quick? How crazy was that last year? I mean, I honestly think it was one of the best services that I've, I've ever been to in my life, and I've been to a lot of services. Mainly, it was really wonderful because I didn't have to do anything. Um, and it's, it's like a community thing. So we're going to take communion Friday night. It's a night of worship. 
They're going to lead us in songs in a journey from Jesus um, the, the, when, 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 when he just began to surrender to the Lord the night he was arrested till he takes his last breath on the cross. And it's a night of you to just meditate on God's love for you. So I beg you to figure out a way to get here, 6.30, fr Friday night. The worship team's going to lead us. We're going to do communion together. It'll be beautiful. Um, check that out. And then you, Ron said it, and I, I have to say it again, because we are, if we're disciples of Jesus, then he's made us fisher of men. There are people in your life that will come if you invite them. We have invite cards on the back table. Please understand, I don't need them to come to our church. But that's the only way you know that the gospel is going to be. We believe there's something special in our community, that the Lord is moving. I love it when people, I'm seeing invite cards to other churches all over the place. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't need the way community church to be the greatest thing that's ever happened in the world. But it's the only place where I'm at, where I, I, I know God's moving. Invite them to church. Invite them to lunch. Pay them. Do whatever you got to do. Bring your friends, your family to church. What if you made a difference in their life for an eternity? this weekend. Uh, so take advantage of the opportunity. We're having three services. And so some of y'all come super early. Some of y'all come super late, uh, but don't come, you can't come on your normal time. It's, it's going to be really weird. You're going to be in the middle of worship. Lord Jesus, um, there are some things in my life that I need to surrender to you. And, uh, and I can feel your Holy Spirit moving on me, even as I speak. So I know what's happening in your people. You're God, and I will follow you, and whatever you want to do in my life, I will surrender to. I love you, and you are great, and you're the only one that's ever risen from the dead, and you're the only one that has the power to wash away sin, and you're the only one that has the ability to draw us closer to the Father, and you are the way, and you are the truth, and you are the life. And we love you, Lord. Hey, if you're here today and you have gone slack on your devotional life, and today you're going to tell the Lord, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, I'm, I'm coming back. If that's you, will you raise your hand right now? Lord, I'm asking that you'd breathe on your sons and daughters today and that this week in their alone time, you'd breathe on it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Two things. We're going to have people down front that want to pray with you after service. There's a card in your seat back pocket. If you made a decision today to serve the Lord or you have been away from the Lord, fill out a prayer request. We want that. Um, you can give it to Ron. He'll be at the back table. He's the dude up here that shared earlier. And then the last thing, when you're doing devotions this week, try starting off with one song of worship. Try setting the atmosphere before you run right into prayer and you want to tell God about all the things. Just take a minute and just let him know he's great. Give him time to move in your life. I love you guys. You're the best. I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.